welcome to another episode of Rolling Imperfection, the podcast for players and game masters to design perfect characters through imperfection. We cover all forms of game design, from interesting and engaging backstory creation to campaign and NPC development. Enjoy, remember to play what you love, and may your characters do something epic. Last time on Rolling Imperfection. AI art? What? Travesty. <gasps> no, it can be saved. And there's now... another? <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't listened to. I, I... You, you threw me off. Hang on. Sorry. <laughs> and now for today's episode. Welcome to Rolling Imperfection, the podcast that despite great trials and strange happenings, continues to provide great information about story-driven campaigns. I am Kevin, who has recently lost his clones, brothers, cousins, next-door neighbor, and it's so hard to keep podcasting. And I'm Steve. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I wasn't sure you were waiting for me to say something. I was trying to think of something so popular to say <laughs> that you just paused. I was like, oh, he's done. <laughs> I am. I was done. <laughs> Man, this is already really so proper. We're doing a bunch of takes. Uh, bunch I was. Of takes. I was gonna say, um... <laughs> Fernando, mi amigo, por qué? <laughs> Gasp in Spanish. Fair, fair. How uh, telenovela can we get? <laughs> oh man, I, I don't know what's coming out of that. We'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll piece fix it in together. post. Whatever you just heard, imagine just a complete disaster and mess, and that was the actual way recorded. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah what are we talking about today um soap operas uh first of all i would like to note that i have not uh actually lost anyone uh <laughs> oh yeah true you should probably specify that yeah i i should i should probably specify that one um hopefully the ridiculous amount of modifiers i added like you know i did the space balls thing right uh did that that dated us again didn't it <sighs> no no we're not that old not that old, and I mean, Spaceballs yeah. came out after Aliens, so or Alien, or is it Aliens that it came after? Um, alien, I, I think, I think just Alien. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, but yeah, uh, today we are discussing Como debe ser la telenovela de tu juego, or how so- how soap opera should your game get? Uh, oh, Spanish okay. you. I was like, I've... wow, I wasn't actually for you to do Spanish <laughs> there because I did <laughs> a Spanish reference in the beginning. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah. I just I'm, like Paulo uh, Francisco. I just wanted to do the line. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I'm sorry, Spanish listeners. That was both Google Translate and me attempting to remember Spanish pronunciation from high school, <laughs> which was not recent. Uh, so join our French listeners in um, being angry that I, I, I'm so American, I can't speak any other language, uh, which is fairly true. <laughs> so what was that line that your uh, cousin used to say? El gato en fuego es... En... Pantalones? Nothing? Tango un gato en fuego en mis pantalones. Thank you. Ah, okay. There we go. Yes. <laughs> Spanish is <laughs> <was> like, huh? <laughs> I know some Spanish. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, they're just like, like actually like understanding what you said. Wait, wait, what? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I was going to leave it. I was going to be like, oh, no. I can cut that no. out. I can cut it out. No English language listeners. We do not. You do not get to know. Uh, that um, I'm not even sure that would be a joke in Spanish. I guess it is technically a joke in Spanish, uh, but I'll, cu- yeah. I'll cut it. I'll, I'll cut it from the record. Okay. You can leave me saying, no, you're not getting that in there. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> what a disaster. So glad. <laughs> Just chatting episode. Got five edits already. Yahoo. <laughs> uh, but yeah, today we are doing um, another one of our patented Just Chatting episodes because the last two did so well. They, they didn't have to do that well, but it's Feb- it was February. Um, all the numbers go down in February. Uh, <laughs> do they usually? Yes, they always oh, do. Oh, okay. The start of the year, like after December, like everything everything crashes. October, too, for some reason. Not great numbers. Um, mm. Share. Tell your friends. <laughs> like and subscribe. But yeah, today we're talking about how soap opera should a game get. And I feel like I have very different answers. And I feel like the answers kind of depend on my mood as well, you know? Yeah, I can see that. Um. But yeah, why, why don't you answer first, Steve? Uh, how soap opera should a game get? Are you talking as me as the GM, or are you talking about me as the player? What is my viewpoint? Ooh, are those different answers? I feel like they are. Hmm. I feel like it's up to the player to push the envelope uh, for the amount of drama they want, uh, but ultimately it's up to the GM to deliver or deny. So. Um, oh, okay. I mean, that's that's an interesting way to view the the GM player dynamic. I was not expecting this to go. I was no. like, this will be fun. We could just talk about wacky stuff. Uh, um, no, actually, I need to add some um some uh, reasoning and logic into this uh, uh, argument. <laughs> no, uh, I didn't mean now to do we're that. <laughs> now we're about to discuss the philosophy of oh, of uh, player GM dynamics. <laughs> All right. Um, I hmm, do I agree with that? The problem with these just chatting episodes, I don't just already have pre-formulated answers. <laughs> I, get re- I get revealed for the needs research person that I am. I think I at least partially agree with that. Okay. I don't know. I don't know that the GM shouldn't push the envelope, I guess. Because part of my thing is always trying to kind of, maybe not always trying, because you definitely need like downtime and you can't have everything go like, you can't have everything go too stable for too long. But you also can't just be constantly doing stuff. It, it becomes like a Michael Bay movie where you're like, okay, we're 15 <laughs> minutes in and I've seen 7 million explosions and 80,000, you know, hot women running. Like, I, I, um, but I, I think GMs can push the boundaries. I think GMs can and should honestly see about upping the drama. Whether that be changing the stakes and making them more personal, um, like I recently did by um, basically directly pulling in a character's mother in a way in in my Kids on Bikes game that I hadn't previously. Previously, I hadn't really touched too much of the family stuff, uh, aside from uh, what I think was kind of expected from you, right, right, Steve? Uh, sorry, what what do you mean about the stuff with that Brad's, was... With Brad's sister. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I pulled in a character who I don't think anyone expected me to, basically. And I think I think that can be that can be true. Um yeah, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So you think like, it's more on the player? I feel like um so like my viewpoint is that like if you want to play a character and you want there to be a lot of drama around your character, I feel like that's something you have to build into your character. And if you're wanting to play a very serious character and your GM wants to do a lot of drama around your character and you're not really like wanting to play that aspect, I feel like that's a little bit harder to work with. I feel like it, it just works better dynamically to have the player be the one to kind of like, say like, hey, this is stuff I want. And then as a GM, you try and 
like if someone's like oh i want like i mean i'm just going to be very general in these terms just to make it simple to understand like if okay. a player's like out of 10 i want to have six as my uh my drama that my character is going to deal with then i feel like the gm should absolutely uh like dabble with like four and seven um and like find like where they want to like push and if they it's like oh seven was really well received let me try eight you know like i feel like that's fine but i feel like that's <laughs> okay. up to the gm to make the final envelope because i feel like if you do the opposite and you have the gm just like trying to force stuff on the player then or not necessarily force them on the player but like make things happen like like if it's like oh your your brother that was in your backstory uh has stuff going on it's like oh okay you know like that's fine but like if we're just gonna play like a casual game and i was just you know my i didn't want to deal with like you know a family member like dying uh in the <laughs> campaign or something like that then yeah i don't know i feel like that that's a lot because there's like a broad range to choose from you know for, for drama as i was kind of like hinting yeah. at so I feel like it, so, it's better if the player kind of like states it like what they want, I guess. I don't know. Fair enough. And I guess you're taking soap opera there as a um as like an extreme, which is kind of how I meant it. Yeah, fair. soap opera is pretty extreme. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fernando, why are you cheating on me? <laughs> you're my friend. <laughs> oh man. It yeah. I mean, I do think soap operas can get like quite, quite wacky. Um, I mean, that's why people tune in, right? It's a, uh, it's a little, it's, it's a little bit of a dirty word depending on how, uh, how you run with it. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, soap opera. How low class. Um, I'm going to sit here and drink tea with my pinky out. Uh, <laughs> oh no, something happened. I'm going to faint. Yeah. And I mean, I, and we talked a little bit about this, um, when we talked about, planning a soap opera game back in oh god back in episode 85 uh i i was like oh yeah recently at least you said a double digit i thought you were gonna say a single digit episode <laughs> i was like uh -oh. no but it but it was a year ago technically slightly um, over a year ago yeah yeah you know recently <laughs> <laughs> but uh i definitely think that boundaries are a little bit i mean essentially you kind of make the boundaries through like you know your prompt kind of gives some guidelines and then you talk the players in and then your players kind of get a sense of how serious or not the game is going to get right so is this the type of game where you know my my long lost evil twin brother is going to randomly show up and like start causing havoc or is this the type of game where that would be like the characters would immediately start questioning like the fabric of reality or is that the type of game where, like, your players would revolt and all quit? Or be like, you're joking, right? That was a joke. And yeah. uh, if you get that reaction, GMs, maybe say it was a joke. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I didn't mean it. Sorry. Uh, so I know what really happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I've been there. I've definitely been there. Oh, have you? Okay. I, I mean, I, did, I, feel I didn't like really I'm the catch it, I don't think, if that, if that happened any time recently. It hasn't happened recently. I mean, I have taken someone's joke and been like, oh, no, that is what really happened. Oh, uh, yeah, I know you absolutely have. That was better than what <laughs> I had planned. Excellent. No, I ha actually had that one planned and someone mentioned it as a joke. I'm like, no, 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 that's real. Um, oh, okay. I can't remember the specific instance. Oh, you mean uh, uh, somebody getting shot? I forget what the reference was. Last episode or last uh, game that we played. Yeah, maybe. Because I remember Chong was just like, and that's when they got shot. And you're like, actually, yes. <laughs> that's right. No, I remember what it was. 
So it was when I had um, a phone call. I had a dramatic phone call and they were they were talking and it's like an important NPC talking to a player character. And then I had given some stuff and then Trong made, yeah, Trong made the joke. And then you hear a gunshot. I'm like, well, not a gunshot. You definitely hear a burst, o- something burst open, some like growling, some stuff getting knocked over. And then the line goes dead because the NPC got attacked by a werewolf. It happened. Uh, yeah. That's not weird <laughs> in that game. Um, it's a Stephen King game. There are one million percent werewolves possible. Uh, he's written about werewolves a couple of times. So, yeah. Uh, but in that game, if I had, I'm trying to think of something that would be outside of the realm of that game. <sighs> Stephen King's a pretty wide <laughs> genre. Uh, I definitely have a couple of twists that I don't know how you're going to react to that I don't want to spoil. God damn. God damn. for the triple game. Shyamalan? I'm going for a pretty hard Shyamalan Uh-oh. soon. Well, not like a super hard Shyamalan. Like, I guess not super hard. It's a, it's a lighter one. I would say something like in that game. Well, first of all, we've talked about this before. Uh, it was all a dream. No. Um, that kind of stuff is not good. That is the kind of stuff that soap operas do that rightfully gets like, ugh, you know? Yeah. But I do think there's room for like, like weird stuff to happen. Um, like... I think a character going into a coma or getting amnesia isn't completely bad, right? Yeah, no, I don't think there's a problem with that. Um, like, amnesia is, like, overused, I think a lot of people will say. Um, I would agree. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think anyone can really disagree with that, <laughs> to be honest. Well, that doesn't yeah. mean that amnesia is bad and you shouldn't use it. So it can be used in the right way. Yeah, it's really all about how you use it. And maybe I maybe I need a cool concepts amnesia. Um, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but uh I do think it's all about how you use it cuz I think I think really it's all about managing the amount of like tropes and how expectations are working more than even how wacky stuff is cuz stuff can get real real weird in games, you know? You're dealing with magic and science fiction technology. And when you get there, like having an episode where all the characters get shrunk and then have to like, you know, deal with everything while they're two inches tall for a whole session. It's not Either that weird. Going right? through somebody's body or going through a garden <laughs> to get back in the house because, oh, my God, honey, I shrunk the kids. Uh- <laughs> or a uh, fantastic voyage was the other one you mentioned. Oh, OK. Yeah, I mean, Wait, yeah, Batman? that's the original that gets paired. Yeah. I know people have only seen it parodied. Um I think I mentioned this before. I love the Archer parody of that, but <sighs> so yeah, yeah. yeah if I you're think talking that... like, if you're talking like the overall like, uh, like a dramatic situation like that, then I think that that would be fine for the GM to push the envelope on that because obviously you can't just like as a player be like, I want to shrink somebody and then have us go through a whole event like that. Like, okay, okay, so. hang on, hang on. Alicia would totally invent a shrink ray, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Alicia is one of Steve's mad scientist characters. Maybe not mad. Not totally mad. I mean, definitely a little mad. Let's be honest. Let's be honest uh, with me, Kevin. And and our uh, other players who, who listen to this podcast. You would totally want a one inch tall chubby pet. Would you not? Okay, that would be adorable, though. That's not fair. Well, yeah, it would. But what could go wrong? <laughs> For those of you just joining us, because we haven't talked about them in a long time, because we haven't been playing this game, because it's been hiatus forever. Um, True. Chalbivore are giant steel 
uh, monstrosities that are like kind of like if you took a xenomorph from aliens and like a serpent like dragon and like metal and spikes and combined them all and then had it so that it had um, molten blood and eight like literally eight metal. That's a child of war. Yeah, what could go wrong with having a little tiny version of one of those? Yeah, it'd be it'd be adorable. I mean, yeah, it would especially, eat all especially your ship. in a sci-fi setting, you know, it's not like you know it's gonna get lost on the ship and eat your ship. True. I mean, true. <laughs> what could go by, wrong? By it won't. By it won't happen. That's hilarious. That would be kind of fun. <laughs> Hang on, just, I'm gonna write down that idea. <laughs> Hence, Alicia totally would. <laughs> yeah, but I, so I do think it could happen. Um, I definitely have pushed back against some stuff that's less that I think is less interesting, you know, like I feel like as a GM, I've had some proposals where I'm like, eh. usually with me, I'm like, eh, it's a little too anime for this. I don't really want that. Um, or can I betray the party again? No. Yeah. I mean, that's just like, <laughs> we've talked about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it just had to be mentioned briefly. That's all. <laughs> true. 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 Uh, but I do think like, as far as pushing the line on on stuff that's going to happen i think it's all about reading the room you know uh yeah i agree that, that's kind of why i was i was thinking that it would be kind of up to the individual individual player because if you have a group of let's say five players then yeah. the players may not necessarily like agree with like all the things they want so they could you know like pitch it to the gm and the gm could like take everyone's opinion into consideration and then figure out where they're going because they also have you know their own plan of what they were planning to do for the game yeah on top of that so you know they can figure out what fits in best and if you have a player that obviously is like i want a 10 on the drama scale and then like everyone else including you is more along like the lines of a two then it's like hmm okay so we need to talk about your character <laughs> maybe uh yeah like, i mean i change some things I even think we have a little bit of friction with stuff like uh, Nick's character in your Crimson Night game. Yeah. Where we're not exactly like the most grounded of group, but like Charlotte and Ghost and Trong's character. Xenia. Xenia <laughs> are definitely a little bit more like in a normal space series. And then Nick's character is in like... A crazy shonen series yeah i wasn't expecting uh like to the degree that nick was going to go with this character um yeah at all and then friend k is in like a weird superhero romance thing yeah and then the kami is on drugs uh the, the <laughs> yeah. character's on drugs the kami's not actually on drugs not true uh, yeah. that i know of yeah, that we know of yes but uh and I think those things kind of work together, but I do think it definitely pulls a little bit at the like, how wacky can we get? Oh, she's going to go off on her own. And like, because she's essentially a super soldier, uh, Nick's character is going to just jump onto another building and like break every bone in her body and then super heal and then go down. And it's like, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> true, true. Yeah, it gets a little much. And I'm not jumping on Steve here. Um, no, I mean, that's that's. That was my first game, so I mean, I, I was very overly lenient on it. So it's just how it is sometimes. Because, like, in yeah. all honesty, like I was expecting like more in the middle between between you guys. I was expecting a little bit more anime than a lot of the characters I got, and I think Tron was probably the closest to what I was originally imagining. Mm. Um, which it was still like you know majority sci-fi, but 
I was thinking there's there's gonna be a little bit a lot more like lasers and stuff like that, but like how people didn't want to go that route in powers. I was like, oh, okay. And then Nick had the powers, but then Super Shonen, like, yeah, I'm gonna go and charge in blindly. Yay. Um might over mind. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, definitely was a little bit interesting. I mean, which is really funny because I remember because Steve and I actually think this is a smart thing that we may not have we definitely haven't mentioned it in a while, but Steve had us give, describe what our character's section of the anime opening would be like. Oh, yeah. When we first started the game. And spoiler alert, I really like that. Um, And I think you can, from time to time, be like, okay, we're going into season two. What does your character's opening look like now? I think that would be cool. Just to- I, I totally wanted to do that, and I was going to do it, but uh, I had because really I wanted to throw in like the villains more oh yeah 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 and, and it's kind of hard to do without doing too many spoilers so i was trying to think of like a good way to do it and i just couldn't put it together i was more concerned about like getting the story going so that was always on like the back burner and i haven't gotten around to it but i still want to do it so. okay cool see i think that is all about like making sure the threat is there without giving away like relevant plot details yeah so there's gonna be a few like ha- silhouette characters that i describe like somewhat what their silhouette looks like or something, but yeah. Well, no, or- not even that. You can have them show up and have them described. And keep in mind, we as players should be mediating like, okay, this isn't like stuff our characters know. This is stuff as we as players know. Uh, we talked True. about that in the metagame episode. Yeah. But I do think that you should have them show up. You can describe them and have them do something like that you're planning or you're thinking about just completely out of context. Just think of like the weirdest, craziest thing that they can do with the least amount of context you can give and do that, especially if it's something that appears one way, but is actually like completely different with context, like a person say, um, you know, blowing up a building. We're like, Holy (laughs) shit, that's insane. And then you find out, Oh no, they actually were, um, you know, demolishing that building to trap the monster that was in the basement, you know, or something like that. It's off the top of my head. Um, uh, ch- church bell uh, through the window. Got it. Yes. <laughs> Why did they throw that church bell through the window? Well, they were trying to lure out the enemies. That they didn't know that there were basements. Mm. Um, <laughs> yep. I was like, sounds very familiar. Mm. <laughs> yes. Uh, I've received and continue to receive pushback on that. <laughs> it was No, it was a stupid idea. I, I, I think it was a good attempt in thought. But yeah, it was a stupid idea. It made sense. Fair enough. In, it did make moment. it did it makes sense in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that. And now I can't remember what we we're talking about. Uh the anime opening. The anime opening. Oh, before that. Oh, before that? Uh he's using that as an example. Um Crimson Knight characters and how I have like Oh yeah, yeah. Different spectrum. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shit. I think we we're done with that then. Oh. Unless you had something else to add. Um I mean, in terms of my Crimson Knight game, just like I ha- since I have very different, and it's not just like oh, I have the anime side and I have like the sci-fi side because like basically, Monsters character is basically a character from Destiny. So yeah. yeah, there's some superpower stuff in there, but Destiny. I mean, I haven't played Destiny, so I don't know, but Destiny doesn't strike me as very like Kamehameha <laughs> in in terms of Fair. like the lore from what I understand. Um there's a lot of like logic to it and it's not just like oh there's aliens here now like there weren't aliens before we were just normal humans on the planet and now there's aliens okay great yay um (laughs) 
I mean, I think that brings up like context and how something can like sound ridiculous, but if you put it in the right terms, it's not as ridiculous. Like technically, yeah. technically in my kids on bikes game, there are evil twins. Yeah. The the main joke made against soap opera, there are evil twins. They're not like actually related to the characters. They're like abominations from another universe disguising themselves as characters. <laughs> so <laughs> the, uh, the context is a little different, but, but like, it's not, not that. So a lot of it is just kind of like what set dressing, how, how do you want to describe it? Like, you know, Oh, a shrink ray. That would be silly. But my fantasy game has a shrinking spell. You know, it, it, it just it's that kind of stuff, too, where you're like, how much sense can I make it make? And I think a lot of it is really adding, you know, making sure it makes sense in your world, making sure that when you've explained it, it probably has some limitations uh, and it probably has some uh, some context that makes it more palatable, that brings it down to earth, that adds, you know, the humanity back into it. Because uh, people watch soap operas because they're hooked, generally hooked on the characters, right? And the they just, I can't wait to find out what happens next. I've been with these people for so long. And that's essentially the way that, you know, the game is going too, right? Yeah. And actually, you just gave me an, um, an idea for uh, some stuff I'm going to do to like make sense of Nick's character, uh, Delilah's uh, stuff. And like to ground it in reality. And it's actually going to be able to take place in the uh, next episode. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice i just got Good. ideas yay i just wrote them down um, i mean i think you can make everything come together as well like i think yeah. as a gm i don't know that my first answer would be no to something ridiculous and i've definitely been like let me think about it i mean i've said this before i have a hard time immediately saying no to something yeah i mean there's like um i can't think of a specific situation but i know there's like been situations where like in the real world in history there have been um I don't remember if they're like gas leaks or whatnot, but like basically yeah. like natural situations uh that like take place, but for some reason due to circumstances, like a bunch of people like kind of went out of their minds and did some really crazy stuff and like they were basically having a trip due to like either natural gas or like actual like phenomena that like exist in the world uh yeah. taking place. So like it happens sometimes and you don't just necessarily have to do like the oh it was a dream or suddenly aliens um but yeah i don't know where i was going with that just uh i i guess uh you can you can make it grounded in things that make sense in in reality and in the moment it's just nutty so that way you don't have to constantly be at you know 100 on your dramatic scale i mean yeah i have a great happening. i have a great example oh, of that okay. actually um so in hard-boiled detective uh stories i've recommended it before Red Harvest by Dashiell Hammett is the best one. And a bunch of crazy stuff happens in that novel. But it actually made me think of a sequence from its sequel, The Dane Curse, um, where basically the main character goes into this place, gets, oh, I can't remember if it's injected or if it's just like hit in the face with like some psychotropic drugs. And then the next chapter is this phantasmagoric like set of descriptions and it basically turns into like a horror novel for like a chapter or so where he's just oh. like fighting like ghosts and stuff and like it, it gets it gets insane it's actually one of my favorite parts of that novel because um 
when I was reading it, I was on a walk in the middle of the night and it actually freaked me out a little bit. Um, <laughs> I don't think the novel's definitely not as good as Red Harvest, but I do like a lot of it. And I really liked that part. Um, maybe spoiler for Silent Spiral. Um, oh, <laughs> characters high off their asses for a whole session. <laughs> that might be a cool concept series one, too. Um, <laughs> what to do with high character. But that was very much a genre shift where things got crazy, but within the context of the story, like you knew what was happening, but you also kind of wanted to know like, okay, wait, the description I'm getting is crazy as fuck. What is actually happening? And you do find out later. So um, I think it, I think it can be like, you can have a trip episode without having like it be meaningless, you know? Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. So yeah, you made you just made me think of that. I was like, oh man, I remember <laughs> One of my favorite parts of that novel. I know, I know. It's me recommending another novel. <laughs> They're really good. Um, honestly, if you're going to read one hard-boiled detective thing, it's Red Harvest. Like, it's just Red Harvest. And if you don't like that, don't read more. <laughs> um, maybe that. Maybe that's not entirely true. Maybe try something, like, that you know is very different. But that's, like, the standout one. That one is, oh, man. Um, just remember it's a bad story about... Not a bad story, but it's a story about terrible people doing terrible things. That's my my note on that one, because, oh, man, uh, it gets dark. It gets a little bleak. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like I do like the idea of, of uh, you know, context. Context can fix a lot of things. Context and the careful amount of retcons can fix all of your story troubles. I promise. <laughs> um May uh, do I want to say all? Yeah, screw it. All. R O N. Oh, okay. R O imperfection at gmail.com. Uh become a subscriber and Kevin will tell you what to do about your your game problems. We do not have a Patreon or a Kofi yet. No, uh, we don't. I should. <laughs> we probably should. At least a Kofi yeah. where people like tip. Yeah. Um But yeah. I uh I like it. Were you done with that point or did I just totally derail you? No, I think uh, that that was pretty much the point. It was just that like it happens in real life, so like you you can absolutely do it in a fictional setting. Is basically what I was yeah. trying to say is that like if it happens in hard mode, it's easy in easy mode. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess True. That's the basic True. Idea. <laughs> yeah, and it's all about like bringing some weight to it, maybe subverting some expectations, maybe adding what um what you need to make it you know to make it more real or real enough you. You just got to get past the uh, suspension of disbelief. That's all you got to do. Once you have your players trained to a certain level of suspension of disbelief, you just got to move it a little bit, and then you move it a little bit, and then eventually you're playing your craziest game ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could have like a situation where, you know, all of a sudden they they realize that, you know, uh, a spell was cast on them or uh, they got high somehow accidentally and um, or maybe someone slipped something in the drink. And yeah. uh, now they're fighting werewolves, but they think that's like all in their imagination, but they're actually fighting, you know, people. They just look like werewolves, but all the stuff that's happening is actually happening. Just they're not wolves. <laughs> so. And remember, all of it has consequences. <laughs> yep. Oh, I shot those seven wolves because they were really annoying. Like, mm, those were town guards? <laughs> town guards? I don't know. No, that one of them was your friend. <laughs> <gasps> I don't know that I'd make that hard of a flip without some. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Some either talking to the players beforehand or like, yeah, maybe if they really, really messed up. Oh, okay. But, 
even then i don't know we've talked about consequences before too so yeah yeah uh so how soap opera should you go uh the answer is how however much you want uh i don't think it i don't think it should be a dirty word um i think i think everything is about learning what made that thing be ridiculed and making it better I think dramatic episodes can also be some of the like most enjoyable too at times. Like, like especially if you have a very serious, uh, like I'm assuming, uh, what was the name of that book? Not Red Harvest, the other one you were talking the about. The Dane Curse. The Dane Curse. Like, I'm assuming majority of that book was very straightforward and and like sensical, and then that shit happened, and that was just like a big contrast to the rest of the book. I'm assuming, right? Yeah, it's a big contrast. Yeah. I mean, some wacky shit does happen in. Hardboiled Detective as a genre does have like the uh, weird murder for hidden reason type stuff going on, so that can get a little weird. Um, but usually that's just like money and a whole lot of incest. <laughs> you laugh. It's that more often than it's not that. Well, <laughs> I was just gonna go with like, yeah, I mean, you could have a situation where you know your characters are going on a regular you know D and D type journey, and then, uh, and then they, they go encounter to this... money and a lot of incest. <laughs> Well, kind Sorry. of, because I was going to say they end up in, um, you know, like talking to a royal family or something that's got probably <laughs> just because of how royal families can be sometimes. Um, and then it's Game of Thrones all the way down. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's just like drama, just tons and tons of drama. And you're like, why is all this happening? It's like, uh, I mean, I give Game of Thrones a lot of shit, but they really do a lot of soap operatics really well. Uh, it's just that they hit, they started repeat, maybe that's another thing too. They started repeating the same thing, like the same type of plot event multiple times. And the plot got like really, really weird. And people started acting out of character. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but like, so like, you know, you can look at how it does well, like the first five seasons of game of Thrones. And then you can look at how it does. It's done badly. Like the last three seasons of game of Thrones. (laughs) So there you go romperfection at gmail.com for anyone trying to argue <laughs> there is some good stuff in season five there's some there's some good stuff in season six too i think that kind of goes back to what like what i was saying with um the dane curse mm-hmm. uh is that like having the contrast is nice you don't want it to be you know dialed up to 100 the whole way through because then yeah. everything gets samey i mean in just the same way like you don't want it like super dry either and if you wanted to do a very dry campaign having those uh, those sessions that go off the wall. Um, yeah, like my Michael Bay example earlier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Uh, nope. I don't have any. Feel else. like we did. Feel like we did another episode of like question, and then the answer is just eh. Do what you want. <laughs> do what you want, but do it well. I mean, yeah, kind of. Uh, I mean, is there any tips that we'd have for doing dramatic episodes? Uh, uh like very high drama episodes. Yeah, like like I would literally say, like like Spanish soap opera or whatever or I would say I mean, not necessarily Spanish leave, but soap opera. <laughs> I would say have an idea to like have a cool down thing afterwards. Like have in mind that you're going to need to have like a untangling, a, a, a decompression afterwards and uh make sure it's a big surprise and it's well integrated. I mean, I think I think that's the summary. Yeah, I think so too, yeah. Um it makes everything like better when you have like everything grounded in reality and then you have you know like all the shit hit the fan and then it gets resolved and you kind of go back to the norm even if it's just briefly 
Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I also am a fan of the small event, ridiculously big event. And I'm I'm not saying that because I just kind of did that in my kids on bikes game. Um, <laughs> and then all the bullies attack, and then you're back in the in the dangerous alternate dimension. Uh Hooray. yes. Yay. Yay indeed. Uh but yeah, yeah. I, I would say have thought of how it's gonna work out. And if it's something really intense, like if you're literally murdering someone's family, um, and they're actually well thought out characters, not like Mysterious Leafs care. Anyway, sorry. Uh <laughs> I'm thinking back to a long time ago, but uh, maybe maybe have like maybe check in just real quick. You don't have to give away everything. You could still have it. That's, I guess, another thing. You can always have it where they know what's going to happen, but they don't know how it's going to happen. And the how is more important than the what a lot of the time. So, oh, yeah. OK. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's true. You could have like uh, they the players know or even the characters to know that, you know, someone's going to die. and They need to prevent it uh, somehow. And. It, it's you know they're trying to to stop it it's like oh obviously you know it's it's going to be you know the person looks out the window every day at this time it's got to be you know a sniper or something you find out it has nothing to do with that it's something completely weird and <laughs> and, zany nope. and, and it's like oh there's not just like one person trying to kill them there's like 20 <laughs> they're all gathered around the same place and, and then like, you find oh out God. they got killed by uh, a spy who irradiated their morning uh bacon and eggs you hate to see it <laughs> a donut hole in a donut hole. I I almost went like too real on that one, so that so that was oh, okay. pulling back a little bit. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. Have fun. I believe I believe in you, dear listeners. I believe you can make it work. Yeah, I I feel like it's fine to have your dramatic episodes and uh, also to avoid them if you really want. I mean, yeah, you know, do it. True, you true. I mean, if I mean, I don't think an episode needs like crazy, crazy, like no shit happening. <laughs> so no, I don't think you have to do it in in every episode, and I don't think you have to do it in like even every uh, even every campaign. I would say like yeah, like you can make very small things big without making them like crazy. So yeah, I guess ultimately yeah. it depends on like you and your play group and your expectations for that setting, that campaign the characters you're bringing to the table and the story that your GM has planned. Yeah. Yeah. Not to, right. you know, just sum up an entire episode into one sentence, but <laughs> <laughs> I guess catch ready to sign out before I make this worse. <laughs> quick, quick tap dance, tap dance. Hello, my baby. Hello. My Hello, baby. my darling. Hello, my right time gal. <laughs> <laughs> so remember to play what you love. And until next time, your characters do something epic. It was just a frog the whole time. <laughs> Dead frog. Robot. Right Thank you for listening. If you have any comments, questions, interjections, queries, notes, formal challenges, or suppositions, please email us at roimperfection at gmail.com. That's R-O-I-M-P-E-R-F-E-C-T-I-O-N at symbol G M com, or follow us on Twitter at RO Imperfection or Instagram search RO Imperfection. You can also visit our website at roimperfection.com. If you enjoyed our work, leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a great week, everybody.